Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. I am so sorry, everybody. I've been gone way too long, but we are back tonight, Pad the Stats. I'm your host, James Swanson, along with the side, Pat Cotter. He's here with me as well. And I had a wedding over this past weekend, which was just great. One of my best friends got married. I was in the wedding. Pat came. We danced the night away. It was just an awesome, awesome time. We had a blast. and um, But it was just a crazy weekend. So I never got around to doing a week six preview. I apologize for that. But we're back on the uh, back on the train tonight, Pat, and we're getting back at it. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about the week seven Thursday night preview. Broncos at Cardinals. We're going to wrap up the waiver wire from week seven, talk about our three top backs this week and tell you a little bit about their season-long outlook as well as some maybe start-sit or, or just kind of what to expect from those three backs the rest of the year moving forward. So, Pat, how are you doing tonight, buddy? It feels like an eternity since we've done one of these. It's been it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on the pod, too. I don't think I was on the last one. I think you and yeah. Jake just kind of did yeah, one yeah, of yeah. So, yep. uh, yeah, it's been a while. I've been doing good. You know, I lost this week in our in our regu- in our you know, in our league, but I was kind of expecting it pretty injured that this past week and had some buys with Kamara and Galladay, but ready to get back at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, some of you out there might've been in the same boat week six, some of the buys are starting to kick in. Saints was a big one. Um, so interesting week and an interesting stretch coming up with all of these buys. They're going to start coming into play. Things are going to start changing. So we're going to help you to get the right guys in your lineup because they're, you're going to need to make some critical decisions especially if you're three and three, you know, really whatever record you have, unless you're five and one or six and oh, and you're sitting really pretty and you can maybe afford to drop a game or two, Um, especially in a league like ours where we're 14 teams and we get eight guys in the playoffs. You know, you might be able to afford to drop a game or two. Seven and six is going to get you in the playoffs. Um, But if you're two and four, if you're three and three, you're starting to hit that critical part in the season where you need to get some wins and you cannot afford to drop too many more games. So hopefully we can give you uh, some advice, some strategy, some help into into picking up the right guys and getting those guys into your lineup for the most advantageous you know lineup that you can have um, again in this critical stretch. So we're going to start right there at the waiver wire recap, and we're going to talk about first Pat, a guy that was I had drafted in a couple leagues in the seventh and eighth round. I was expecting him to lead his team's backfield this season, and that's Marlon Mack. Now he's battled some hamstring injuries through the first bit of this uh, of the 2018 season. Now he looks like he's healthy again. Um, hopefully he can stay that way. We've seen him banged up a lot in the past. But he got 12 carries last weekend. That's more. That's actually one more carry than he had in the entire 2017 season. So, Pat, what are your expectations for Marlon Mack for the rest of this season? Do you think that he's going to take over that backfield? Do you think he's going to be a better own than even... Naeem Hines in a PPR league. What are your overall expectations for Marlon Mack? You know, I really don't, I, I can't say I can really tell you. He's been a guy who has seemingly underperformed. He's a guy we had high expectations we got last year um, when we saw him kind of break out in the preseason, and then he just kind of hasn't done it. You know, when, and the, but the problem is, is neither has Naheem Hines or Jordan Wilkins. I mean, Naheem Hines has looked good in the passing game, but he hasn't been a great running back for the team. And, it was really surprising to see the usage last week. I don't know if they were just trying to get Marlon back and Marlon Mack back into the swing of things or what, but Naheem, Naheem Hines didn't play all that much last week. And uh, 
they really tried to get Marlon back involved, and it was an pre- impressive game for him. And I'm hoping he can go forward like that because that Colts offense could really use a guy like him. Mm-hmm. Honestly, going forward, I am pretty optimistic. I'd like him to. I'd like to have him on my team. Yeah, would you rather have? Well, you know what? Actually, let's get to the at rather have or, or or have on your team. We'll talk running backs. We'll talk that at the end of this waiver wire recap because there's a couple other big names that we want to talk about. But I do want to tell you some stats about Marlon Mack just to give you some insight into hey, what what can you expect from this guy? I already mentioned the fact that last year, 2017, his most carries in any game was were 11. Now, keep in mind that Frank Gore was still in Indianapolis last year, which obviously cut into things as we've seen with Kenyon Drake in Miami this year. Um, but, but looking at back at some of the numbers, you know, week two this year, he's only, really only been healthy in two games. Week two at Washington, he, he uh, was in for 18 plays. He had 10 carries, 34 yards, a couple targets, a, a catch in two yards. He didn't play, I think, a lot in that second half of the Washington game. I think he re-aggravated an injury. I wasn't, I'm not sure if it was the hamstring or another injury that kept him sidelined much of that second half. Um, but then week six at the Jets just last week, as I mentioned, 24 plays, 12 carries, 89 yards, uh, another two targets he added in there. So he's not going to give you a lot in the passing game, I don't think. From a PPR perspective, I think you might be able to expect two or three targets a game. I think we're going to still see a lot of what we saw from Naeem Hines in that passing game, getting maybe five or six targets a game. Um, I think you can expect that moving forward, but I also don't expect you to be able to, if Marlon Mack is healthy, uh, Naeem Hines is not going to be an RB2 in PPR like maybe we saw for a couple weeks there. Um, He probably slides back into that low-end RB3 role, maybe even a high-end like RB4. Nothing more than a flex play at this point. And what does Marlon Mack slide into, you're asking? Well, I think he probably slides into a low-end RB2 role, especially in a 14-team league. If you're in a 12-team league, he's more of an RB3 still, probably a flex. But you're probably you're probably happy to have him, um, you know, playing yeah. a, playing in a flex role. And he has a lot of, a lot of room to improve. You know, he could um, really come into his own on that offense. They're scoring a lot. They're they're usually down that defense isn't that great Lux you know, played well though which is helped. he's played well if he can carve out a little bit of a passing role I mean he still didn't play the majority of snaps in that offense he only played 35 percent of the snaps last week Naheem Hines actually out snapped him with 43 percent but Muller Mack got a lot of the workload so I would look for that to kind of continue going forward and uh if he can if he can continue keep putting up these numbers, he could be a really nice asset going forward, especially with the bye weeks coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's look at the Colts schedule really quick. Coming up, they go they get Buffalo at home this week, then they go to Oakland, and then they get the bye. So I think Marlon Mack is somebody that you can ride probably for the next two weeks in some pretty decent matchups against the Bills and the Raiders, um, and then they get the bye, and you know you can kind of see you can kind of evaluate at that time where he's at. I think this is a prime example of a player who is week to week. You're going to look at it for the first couple weeks, and you're going to play him probably this week against Buffalo. I think he's a good play. Um, but, you know, then at Oakland, let's see see how he does in that Bills game. Look at his snap count. Look at his carries. If he's still in that 12 to 14 touch range, I think he's a really good play moving forward. I would expect him to be. But, again, this Colts backfield has been uh, it's been shaky. That offensive line has been shaky at times, especially in the run game. So, I, the the best part of advice that we can give you on this, just monitor it really closely. See what the touches are like. See what the snaps are like. If we can get more of an output, if we can build on what last week was for Marlon Mack, I think you're going to like what you have going forward. 
Um, taking a look at the Bills this week, let's take a look at Marlon Mack's matchups for this coming week, week seven. The Bills have actually been much better. You would think that the Bills have been bad against the run. They started off bad against the run. They've actually been much better versus running backs the last couple weeks, allowing just 10.9 fantasy points per game to the Titans and the Texans. Now, we know the Titans have had a ton of trouble running the ball with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, and the Texans' offense, is start, that team's starting to come around, but it still has not been great. Deshaun Watson is still trying to find his form of what he did last year. Um, but they're the fourth best, the Bills, that is, the fourth best defenses against opposing running backs the last two weeks. They're still in the bottom half of the league, I think they're 13th, 12th, 13th, something like that in terms of fantasy points, PPR format against opposing running backs. But um, I still think this is a team that they can they they can expose a little bit. Again, I don't know how much Marlon Mack gives you in the passing game with Naeem Hines still there, but I think this is a game where the Colts lead, um, you know, especially with Derek Anderson, at quarterback, I think this is a good spot for Marlon Mack. And then um, looking ahead two weeks to the Raiders matchup, they've allowed the ninth most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, 22.4 per game. And um, they've actually had four teams total that have rushed for 110 yards, uh, you know, per game, or 100, at least 110 yards as a collective unit against that Raiders defense. So that's another spot where they can, I think the Colts can exploit that two games where I think they should have the lead against two pretty bad teams at this point in the season. Um, so that's just a little bit of the numbers to back up what I was saying earlier, that you can probably ride Marlon Mack through the bye week and then see where he's at after that. Um, okay, let's see here. Now, uh, just talking about about some some guys, I know I, I'm saying that you know you should probably look at Marlon Mack this week. I think he's a good play. And the following week, some guys that I would look at, you know, if, if you're looking closely, you know, maybe some guys that are really close, the Philly backfield, especially Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, um, I, I don't know. I think that I would probably rather play Corey Clement this week over Marlon Mack just because I do want to see it one more week with them. Um, I would probably play Marlon Mack over Wendell Smallwood right now, but I think I would take Corey Clement. He's still my favorite Philly back. How do you feel about those three, Pat? I know I've been talking a lot here, but Wendell Smallwood, Marlon Mack, and um, uh, Corey Clement this week. How would you rank those three running backs? You know, I feel like Marlon Mack is the home run play there. If you need a lot of upside, Marlon Mack might be able to give that to you, but I still feel better about the Philly running backs, honestly, their workload. I think they're both going to get a split. They've both looked pretty decent last week. I still like Wendell Smallwood a little bit more just because he got a more of the workload. Last week, I know. Uh, so I, just just so you know, too, the Eagles play home against Carolina this week. I st- I would still say I like Wendell Smallwood a little bit more, just because he got the majority of the workload last week. Uh, Clement did plunge that touchdown in, but you know what? They used Wendell Smallwood pretty exclusively. I'd like him a little bit better, but they're all very close. Honestly, it's uh, kind of just go with your gut more there. Honestly. Mm-hmm. How about? I really would prefer not to start any of them honestly if yeah. i can okay would you rather start carry on johnson at miami oh yeah yep than any sure. of those four running backs yeah okay how about um austin eckler at home versus the titans that's a good one i think i'd actually start all three of those guys over austin eckler over austin eckler. yeah he's just so you would go i'm scared you, of austin eckler, you would man. go you would go carry on then those three and then, then eckler austin, fifth. then eckler yeah and just eckler's workload just scares me honestly mm-hmm. If you're looking at, let's look at a wide receiver and 
let's go a guy that um, Jake has really caught on to, Taylor Gabriel, home versus the Patriots. Where would he fit in there in a flex play against those five running backs we just talked about? Eckler, Smallwood, Clement, Marlon Mack, um, and Carrion Johnson. I think he'd slide in right after um, Carrion Johnson. Okay. Okay, got it. So you would go, you would go carry on, and then Taylor Gabriel, and then those three in mm-hmm. some order. I think, I think, and no matter what, I would go carry on over Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel's he's been getting a good amount of work, so I think he even still provides you a little bit of a floor. If I need the upside, I'd go Taylor Gabriel over all those three. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a little bit more of a safe floor, I think I'd lean a little bit towards the running backs, but Gabriel's still a good option, I think. Yeah, looking at Taylor Gabriel's numbers over the past couple games here. Um, let me get it pulled up. He's had over the last who he's had at least five targets in every game this yeah, season. He's had a all he's five games. Solid. So he's I've gone, watched a lot of those Bear, Bears games, and he's getting, been heavily involved in that offense as a yeah, receiver. Week one through week six, five, seven, ten, seven, five targets, and he's been very efficient. So he's caught well. He's caught twenty-seven. He's caught twenty-seven of thirty-four targets. That's pretty good. I have a feeling like that's prime regression. There's got to be some sort of regression coming there. From what I've seen, I mean, you think of him as that deep threat, but he's been catching a lot of balls across the middle. They kind of been using him as like a kind of guy moving across the middle. So he's catch and run kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Because last two weeks, 22 yards um, per reception, 14.9 yards per per reception so mm-hmm. we, we he's hit some big plays yeah i mean he's a, he's definitely a deep threat but they just been using him in a lot of different ways which has really surprised me yeah well anthony miller has been out too i think he returned last week at miami and even before that i remember because like, i was really really high on anthony miller at the start of the year and i've watched a couple of those games and you were saying get get taylor gabriel out of there yeah like, exactly. stop it just he's been, stop he's it just been, he's, <laughs> he's been producing well and he's looked good yeah okay um all right so that gives you a little look into some some you know Flex plays, maybe some guys. That, that I think that group right there that we just talked about, if you have players on buy, you're in a 12-team league, and you're looking at some guys, you're like, oh, man, man, that my my roster, I got, I have some Steelers this week. I have some Packers this I'm week. I'm right there. I mean, right you know, now I'm just trying to decide between Lamar Miller, Duke Johnson, and uh, Ito Smith, another guy we'll be talking here soon. And, and- perfect, perfect segue where you're going to talk about Ito Smith mm-hmm. right now. But one more, one more, I had a bold take, and I was looking through some of you know, rankings and stuff, some consensus rankings. And I came across one that I would actually start Marlon Mack over. Who's that? Bold prediction for week seven. Marlon Mack over Jordan Howard, home versus the Patriots. What do you think about that? I can see it. I can see it. You know, Jordan Howard's been phasing out, and he's guy. He's one of those guys that I'm really kind of have on watch right now. You know, he's been they, – the Bears have kind of realized that they do like they're just more a lot more effective of an offense whenever Tariq Cohen's in. As as you know, as pumped as we were after Week One, seeing Jordan Howard actually start to catch some passes and looking good down there, they've kind of phased him out a little bit, and that's very concerning as a Jordan if you're a Jordan Howard owner. Yeah. So Jordan Howard through this point in the season, through five games, the Bears of course have already had their buy in Week Five. He has his lowest yards per carry to his in this point in his career, three point five yards per carry. He's never been under four. Um, now he did have 14 for 69 at Miami but the week before 11 for 25, 24 for 61. He's never been, he hasn't been over 82 yards yet this season. So we really haven't seen, uh, much from Jordan Howard. He only has the one touchdown. I'm still, you know, I'm not dropping Jordan Howard by any means, 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's kind of, he's not in that Kenyon Drake, Derrick Henry he's, panic mode, no, but he but is the tier above that. He's on a downward trend, man. But I've, I'm looking at his snap counts, and he's gone from about 70% of the snaps per at the start of the year. He's dropped to, he's dropped to about 50% of the snaps now. Yep. He's still out snapping Tariq Cohen, but they're almost at an even split. It's really decreased every week except this past week, which just went up just a notch from week four. 50, I got 50, 48, 46, 33, mm-hmm. and then a bye, and then 36 snaps. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I look at the percentages because I, sure. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I like, like look at it mm-hmm. just based on yeah. how many. Yep. And, and Either you, way. And you got to think, he didn't get a lot of his production until overtime. If they don't go into overtime, he had a, he had a, he had a good amount of chunk of his yards right. in yep. overtime. Yeah, that's right. Good point. So, if you don't get those extra bonus minutes, he's going to be re- he's really disappointing. He was already disappointing this week, but yeah. I think he got another like 20 yards or so in overtime. Okay, so. enough about Jordan Howard. Let's talk about Edo Smith. He's seen 30 and 31 carries in two carries. What am I saying? Snaps. I wrote carries down like an idiot. He's seen 30 and 31 snaps in two of the last three games with Freeman out. Um, in the Pittsburgh game two weeks ago, he saw 12 snaps. Now, Freeman played on a limited basis, but if you remember right, the Falcons fell behind early in that game. Um, they they did get it into within one score at halftime and stuff. It was close, but then Pittsburgh opened it up. I think it kind of kept Edo Smith, it kept the running backs you know, out of that game flow a lot. So two of the last three games has been good. We now know that Devontae Freeman is on IR. He's going to be done for more than likely had groin surgery. He's probably going to be done for a good part of the year at this point. Um, he scored a touchdown in each of the last three games. The yard yards per carry haven't been good. He hasn't been extremely efficient really to this point, Pat. Um, but you're somebody who likes Edo Smith. Yeah, I, I like Edo Smith a lot. You know, he's been getting a good about amount of the snaps whenever, uh, whenever, um, Whenever Devonta Freeman. Freeman's been out, yep. and he's even starting to get a work was getting a workload. Whenever Devonta Freeman was in, he scored a couple touchdowns to date, and I can see, I can honestly see this being a Tevin Coleman Devonta Freeman type split with Tevin Coleman being the Freeman and Ido Smith being the Tevin Coleman. I mean, but I don't think owners should expect quite that same. split. No, they're not going to. I honestly, I I think they will. Last last week, Tevin Coleman played fifty seven percent of the snaps, and Ito Smith played forty six percent of the snaps. So he's getting a very a, a good amount a percentage of snaps. So I would I think they're probably going to be looking at splitting splitting possessions. You know, split like you know going back and forth who's in. And I honestly could see Ito Smith being a pretty solid flex play from here on out. What do we think about when the Falcons get inside the ten yard line in the red zone? Let, let let's focus on inside the ten and inside the five. Are they going to keep – because we've seen Edo Smith score three, the last three games. Do you think fantasy owners can expect that production inside, you know, close to the goal line, that they're going to lean on Edo Smith maybe just as much as uh, Tevin Coleman? Or, or what are your expectations there when they get I'm, in that area? I'm looking up Edo Smith's rushing – red zone rushing attempts. I got this, NFLsavant.com. According to them, he has had the most rushing yardage in the red zone – the most rushing attempts in the red zone on the entire team. He's doubling Tevin Coleman's rushes. Wow. He has 14 rushing attempts inside the inside the 20 compared mm-hmm. to Tevin Coleman's seven. And Devonta Freeman had three. So that's, that's wild to me. I did not expect that. I knew he was getting work inside the red zone, but not like that. So – Whoa. Apparently they like him inside yeah. the red zone. Wow. He's a small guy too. He's not. He's not a big guy. So mm-hmm. it's surprising they're using him in there. But 
Apparently they like what he's got between the tackles. Okay, so that's probably what you can expect then from Ito Smith moving forward. Take that that those notes to heart. Um, he he's going to be used. There's going to be a split there between not 50-50, but I think 60-40 split. I guess is yeah, probably, that's, what that's what I'm looking for. Probably what you can expect between Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith moving forward. So uh, so good stuff. If you were somebody that went and picked up Ito Smith, you kind of weren't sure about his usage moving forward. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of what you I'd can. I'd be expect. happy with him on my team. You know, and last week you could say he got what it was 11 rushes for like 22 yards, but Tampa Bay's been a surprisingly good team against the rush. They've only allowed an average in 84 yards per game to the, to the running backs, and Tevin Coleman didn't have that much success running the ball either. So mm-hmm. I honestly – I'm, I'm kind of putting that one on the back burner and expecting him to have a little bit better games Speaking going forward. Speaking of Tampa Bay, our number three running back that Speaking we want to talk of, about. Yeah. It's, it's and good. somebody that kind of had fallen off the radar, yeah. and now he's kind of coming back into the ra- onto the radar, and that's Peyton Barber, 13 carries, 82 yards last week um, at Atlanta. That's that's what you were just talking about, right? We were talking about Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that was correction. Were you thinking they were playing Atlanta this week? No, I'm saying the last week when they played Oh, okay. Tampa. My fault, my fault. Yep. So um, I was saying that, that Tampa, he didn't have a very good game against Tampa. Oh, Smith, okay, okay. But, I thought you were looking for But Tampa's forward. been good against the run so far this year. Gotcha. It's late. We're recording this at close to midnight on Wednesday night. Um, sitting here watching the World Series, or not the World Series, the ALCS Red Sox. Astros, Pat's favorite sport of baseball. Oh yeah, getting him into My it. Though. Place working to, uh, on take it. Take a nap. Working, working on it. Um, anyway, um, yeah, Peyton Barber. So I mentioned 13 carries, 82 yards last week at Atlanta. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay already had their buy in Week Five, so that's something that's good too. If you were somebody that picked him up. Um, you don't have to worry about that buy at this point. We still have not seen Ronald Jones do anything. I think he had one carry last week. Um, and their upcoming schedule, Cleveland, then at Cincinnati, not Carolina. That's not that bad. Um, no. It's I, I don't know if it's excellent, but it's not bad at all. And honestly, excuse me, I don't think their schedule moving forward is too terrible either. So, Pat, let, I'm going to ask you the same kind of question that we talked about with the last two guys. What should the expectations for Peyton Barber be? Is he still going to be that guy that gets 13 to 15 carries a game? Um I I guess my thing here is, and this is my two cents on it, I don't necessarily think the workload's going to be a problem, but should fantasy owners worry about efficiency? Because that's what we saw of, was a lack of efficiency from Peyton Barber those first few games of the year. I think you summed it up pretty well. You know, I think he's going to be the guy getting the touches there. They don't have very good running backs in that committee. I think Ronald Jones is a bust and will be a bust. I never liked him coming out of the draft. I've said that multiple times on this podcast. I don't think he's that good. He is a little, he can be dynamic at times, but he just lacks a lot of football playing ability that, and which I haven't seen from him. So I think Peyton Barber is going to get the workload. He will struggle with efficiency, but you know, he's a starting running back and, and going to be getting some, a good amount of attempts. So how like you, those are guys that are hard to find mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in this landscape right now. So he's the You're guy. You're pretty much always going to take a guy who's getting 13 to 15 yeah, carries you, you a game. Need, you need to, I mean, yeah. right now it's just, it's been a barren wasteland for those kind of bottom end t- running backs. And if you can get a guy like him on your team, that's a good guy to fill in for these bye weeks and maybe plops into the end zone, you know, and get you those points that you need. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is an offense that's going to need to try to stay in the game and, you know, in these, in the, like, they're going to need to try to keep up because I don't think that defense is all that great. 
maybe coming a little bit better, but yet they're, they're an offense that can do things and they should be in the red zone a good amount. So he could, he's a, a big guy. He should be able to, to smash it into the end zone if he's, they ever gets that chance. Okay. Let's rank those three running backs now, rest of season, Marlon Mack, Edo Smith, Peyton Barber. You know, I think I would go with uh, Marlon Mack, number one. I think it's, I think it's a pretty clear gap between Marlon Mack and the next guy. And then Edo Smith and Peyton Barber are very close to me. I think I would lean Peyton Barber right now, but I could easily see Edo Smith tape passing him up depending on what type of workload shakes out there. Why why do you have why do you think it's such a big gap for you between Marlon Mack and the others? Because let me let me you know kind of preface with this. Uh, I don't think we're going to see an RB1 huge huge workload for Marlon Mack I still think they're going to work in the other guys much like Mm -hmm. Atlanta much like Tampa Bay so what makes you what why is there a big gap for you between Marlon Mack and the other two you know I think he's the most talented of the group or has the uh the ability to be most talented I think Peyton Barber is a below average to average back where Marlon Mack has a lot of athletic ability if he can put it together he has a chance to be pretty special um, so he just hasn't, he's just kind of been not, hasn't done it. Mm-hmm. And that offense I think is, is, uh, ability to score a lot. Um, all three of these offenses really have ability to score a lot. You know, Indianapolis has probably has, has, well, has the best quarterback in the Andrew Luck. So that helps him. And, um, while Peyton Barber is probably going to be the one that gets the most touches, he's the least special to me in, 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 I mean, we haven't seen enough of Ito Smith to really say what he is, but his kind of what-could-he-be factor plays a role in this. We don't really know his makeup yeah, yet exactly. in terms of— And and his rushing and his end zone attempts is is very, very appealing to me because mm-hmm. we know that they don't want to get Julio any touchdowns. I don't know if Atlanta <laughs> has some crazy contract uh, like obligations to Julio if he scores more than three touchdowns a year. Um, so they try to keep him as little as they got to pay him yeah, an extra yeah, extra hundred yeah. mil. Yeah, if, yeah. If he it must be something crazy. It must be a crazy. They amount. just do not try to get him the ball. Yeah, towards the it's end. It's the weirdest thing. It's a it really is. It makes thing, no man. sense at all. But um, I think Marlon Mack offers you the most upside while giving you a pretty decent floor. I don't think Naheem Hines or uh, Jordan Wilkins has shown enough to supplant him. I could see maybe Naheem Hines getting some work in the passing game, but. Um, I think that Marlon Mack offers you the upside and the stability that you're going to want in a guy. Now, I don't think any of these guys, I know it's a loop, it's after the waiver time. I don't think any of these guys are surefire number ones, those guys you want to go and blow a, a number one claim on. Um, but if you really need help now, there are going to be guys that are going forward that can give you some good points. Yeah. Okay. My quick take on this, Marlon Mack and Peyton Barber are probably going to be in that same carry range, 12 to 15 a game. Uh, mm-hmm. If I just had to kind of guess off the top of my head. Um, and then Edo Smith probably falls behind that a little bit. I yeah. think he's more in that 8 to 10 yeah. or 8 to 11 range yeah. uh, per game. All these three are going to be very interesting guys to watch going forward because, you know, a lot of things can happen. Marlon Mack could fall back off the face of the earth like he's done. And it wouldn't surprise me if Edo Smith was the most efficient either. It could easily be. What happens if he ends up being, a you know, an actual, a really good running back and they he takes the workload over from Tep, uh mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman. I mean, you know how much I love Tevin Coleman. I've I've been preaching. Uh, I doubt that would happen. I doubt it too. I like Tevin Coleman a lot. I think he's a very, he's a good running back, and I'm excited to see what he does next year when he gets out on his own. But um, we don't know. That's what the exciting thing about a guy like uh, Ito Smith is he's unproven. So we'll see what happens with him. And 
You know what else we don't know about? Actually, well, we, we really don't know about is what kind of role is Royce Freeman going to have moving forward? Because it's been it's it keeps going down. It keeps it going, does down. Keep going down. So that takes us into the Thursday night preview. Broncos at Cardinals tomorrow night eight twenty. That was maybe the weakest segue I've ever done because I paused for about a whole three seconds there. But bear with me. I haven't done one of these in a week, right? Uh, so no, we're we're going to talk about Broncos at Cardinals, and I'm going to give you three stats of the game. We're going to talk about each one, and um, we're going to give our little bit of start sit here, and uh, you know just hopefully give you some, some an idea of some of the big starts, the big sits for tomorrow night's game. Not the most exciting Thursday night football game to date, but we got to talk about it because again, it goes back to the top of the show. You're going to have guys on bye this week. There are going to be relevant guys in this game. Royce Freeman, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. It's crazy to say, what do you do with Larry Fitzgerald at this point? It hurts. But we'll talk about that. And we're going to start off with that that, that uh, mention I just had about Royce Freeman. The Cardinals are allowing 32.6 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs this year. Last year at this time, they were allowing the fourth least amount in PPR, just 18.8. So a big turnaround for that Cardinals run defense, defense, not in a good way. That is stat number one of this game. And the question is, Pat, do you start or sit Royce Freeman in this game? Only nine carries, 22 yards last week. What do you say about Royce Freeman's chances in this game against a really bad Cardinals run defense? Uh, You know, if you're going to play him, this is the week to do it. I... He hasn't. The problem is, is he's been getting the snaps. I'm looking right here at last week's snap percentages, and he's still leading the way in snaps. The problem is, it's this a is one of the, this is one of the biggest things to mention and keep in mind is what you just said. It's the snap counts, and they're still in Freeman's favor. They are, but the problem is, it's a three-headed monster. Royce last week, Royce Freeman got 38 percent of the snaps. Devonta Booker got 33 percent of the snaps, and Philip Lindsay got 30. The only problem is we got to cut Devonte Booker out of there. Like that, just like that, that needs to to stop. Like looking at him, you know. And the only problem is I'm looking here at his touch percentage, and he on he only ever touches the ball on 35 percent of the snaps that he play he's playing in. So the problem is, is they're just not using him when he's in the game. Okay. They either use I guess they're maybe using him as more as a pass blocker. They're just so if he's playing if he's playing, you know. 20 snaps he's only getting seven touches yeah, yeah exactly he's not getting the touches on his snaps right okay. and they're just they whenever philip Lindsay's in the game that's when they're using the running back whenever royce freeman is they're kind of just you know maybe letting him run routes i don't know if he just doesn't have good routes or if he's just staying in the block so when Devonte booker is on the field you're like yes it's going to emmanuel sanders maybe not they actually yes, like to use him to... as a, they actually like to target him in the past game a lot I feel like he's the almost. Well, you just said the that he only gets touches on thirty three percent. I'm of saying his I'm 30%. saying Royce Freeman gets target only only gets. Uh, oh, thirty three only thirty percent of his touches. Oh, he's the yeah. one. Not, I thought you said Devontae no, Booker, Booker was the one. No, no, Royce Freeman Royce just Freeman is. Yeah, okay. Royce Freeman. That's a problem. He's he's leading the way in touches. He's just not getting utilized when he's in the game. He's leading the way in snaps. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I'm yes. sorry. Okay, Royce Freeman is leading the way in snaps. <laughs> I got it now. I confuse things too. But he's just bit. not getting the 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 handoffs or the the catches when he's actually right. playing. So Royce Freeman is the one when he's in the game. It's like Sanders, Thomas, it, Keenum's throwing the yeah. ball. 
Yep. So hopefully that'll change, right? And, and and like you said, alluded to, this is the perfect game, hopefully, that, that will change that and will help Royce Freeman and out. What, give Ari- him a good fantasy. Arizona's game. let up a 200-yard rusher the past two games. Is that right? I yeah. didn't, okay. What? Um, what who? Uh, who? Crowell and... Uh, oh, they play... No, 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 no. You're thinking, thinking of the Broncos. Yeah, I'm the Broncos. Bro- yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, so uh, good. Wait, another segue. Well, well, that's one thing I didn't put on this podcast was David Johnson because you're gonna we're gonna start David Johnson. This so we don't really is, don't. If need David to Johnson about does that. not come break out in this game. He's not going to. Yeah, that's possible. He's not going that's to. really possible. They've been getting killed by just anybody that wants to run the ball on them, and they and I mean, um, the problem is Arizona can't pass the ball. They don't have any. They they just haven't shown a really a good ability to throw the ball. Yeah, I mean they have a rookie quarterback. I mean, yeah, but they just haven't been able to really find the, uh, a passing game yet. So they need to they need the running game and they need to use David Johnson here. Mm-hmm. If the coaches can't see that, then they're not going to. Yeah, yeah. So look, it's Royce Freeman. I had a lot of the same stats that you did, Pat. The one big thing is he's had just four catches on the year, and we kind of knew this about him that he's not going to catch the ball very much. So that's one thing to keep in mind if you're in a PPR league. Lindsey is most certainly the the starter to have in Denver right now. I think that picture has gotten very clear. Um, but I'm excited to start Reese Freeman this week, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm starting him in my flex. I have to. Yeah. Because I have uh, Aaron Jones on a bye. Um, so I have to start um, Royce and, and Antonio Brown. So I had to slide... Emmanuel Sanders up into my wide receiver two slot. Excuse I me, and I have to start Royce Freeman. I wouldn't say I'm excited to start him, but this is a week that you can. That's a better way to put it. I'm not thrilled to be starting him, especially after that stat line last week. Excuse but you me. gotta, you gotta still, you gotta look at him. I don't think he's. I don't. I wouldn't be dropping him yet. And if he's out there, I'd be picking him up because I still think he's a he's a pretty talented back. I think he has ability to to do things in Denver if they can get that offense in up and running pretty well. And he's been efficient with his carries yeah, too. It, he's it hasn't good. been a, a problem with efficiency to this point. Um, it's just he just been, needs to get the touches. It's been a little bit of a usage thing. So number two stat of the game, the Cardinals have allowed the second least amount of points per game to opposing wide receivers this season. Their pass defense has been excellent. 18.5 points per game to opposing wide receivers. Now, that is a little bit flawed. Now, they have only allowed more than 200 yards to an opposing wide receiver group once this season. That was 303 to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, but the two teams that they had allowed more than um, uh, 200 yards, or only once to them, but they had games against e- Thielen ripped them up. Um, yeah, Thielen's been ripping and, everybody up. He has, he has. So the other games that they had played in, the four other games um, was, were not against. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but I know they were not against. We're, great yeah, we wide talked about this earlier. Groups. They were not good. They, they weren't the, wide receivers. The Rams and the and the Cardinal or the Rams and, and the Vikings, the Vikings, were, the Vikings were the only two, two good teams they faced. So it's kind of a wild card. You know what? How will they be? I still think when I looked at the kind of um, the adjusted for um, uh, defense, you know, it takes into account how good a uh, offense is throwing the ball. And then ranks them. I still think they were pretty good. You know, they're 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 limiting teams to less than they usually will get, but they weren't quite as dominant as you would as they show on the paper. Mm-hmm. They're second in efficiency against number one wide receivers, but they're kind of in the middle pack against wide receiver two, wide receiver three, mm-hmm. wide receiver four. 
I don't know what that means for Denver, Pat, because they move their wide receivers around a lot. Yeah. We see Demarius Thomas in the slot from time to time. Now I think he plays on the outside kind of more than anybody. Mm-hmm. But we also see Emmanuel Sanders in the slot, but also outside too. So I don't know really what this means. Could this mean breakout game for Cortland Sutton? Uh, possibly. I, I don't know. I, I think Pat, Patrick Peterson, whoever he sees the most of, is not a Obviously good, not gonna not a good thing. Um, Demarius Thomas is still somebody I think I kind of want to get away from in this game. And I don't think you can sit Emmanuel Sanders just because he's been good. I don't think you can, but I would be kind of lowering my expectations. If you have if you have two other, like three other good wide receivers to start over him, you know, he's the kind of guy going later. Maybe try to look at those guys if they have good matchups. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking to sit Emmanuel, but maybe lower your expectations a little bit. Well, how about this? Let's look at this group of wide receivers. Devin Funches at the Eagles. Sammy Watkins home versus the Bengals. Chris Godwin home versus the Browns. Funches, Watkins, Godwin, how do they stack up among Thomas and Sanders for you? You know, thinking about um, Sammy Watkins, I think he's going to see a lot of William Jackson because he's that kind of prototypical wide receiver. I don't think uh, Tyreek Hill will be lining up against him very much. Um, So I would be afraid. Actually, I would try to stay away from Sammy Watkins this week just because of that. uh, William Jackson's been a very good corner for the Bengals. Um, Said Chris Godwin uh, versus who who are they they Chris Godwin, they're Tampa Bay is home versus the Browns. And Devin Funches, the uh, Panthers are at the Eagles. Yeah, I, you know... I've never been a big Funches fan. He's been actually playing pretty well recently. And and then we're going to look at it. So you're saying Emmanuel Sanders. Demaryius Thomas, Funches, Watkins, Godwin. You know. I know that's a tough group to kind of rank, but. I think I would start Emmanuel Sanders out of all of those guys. And then I'm going to say Godwin. Okay. I like Godwin a lot. I think he that that uh, Jameis has actually targeted him quite a bit. Here's a crazy stat from the Bucks: Chris Godwin has been targeted the most out of any Bucks wide receiver or pass catching, you know, mm-hmm. uh, anybody pass catching yeah. man. Am I trying to say player, 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 player. Yes, on offense, offensive player that's a pass catcher. Uh, I think it's eight to. I think he has eight red zone targets, and the next person on their team has one. That's wild. That's wild. Breed's going to skyrocket now that he's that uh, Jameis is back. Yeah, but I mean, could, he's, but... what he got one and caught a touchdown. But uh, you know, or maybe Jameis like goes looks to OJ Howard, or even starts making up a thing with Godwin. But you know, Mike I, Evans has to fit into that fold sometimes. There's no way. Again, there's no reason that he shouldn't just get fades after fades whenever they get yeah. into the end zone. All right, in, let's that area. Yeah, I I think that I would go Sanders just because. Mm-hmm. He's been good enough that I don't think you could take him out of your lineup right now, even in, in what look could be a tough matchup. I would go Sanders and then Funchess, then Godwin, Watkins, Thomas for me. So Sanders, Funchess, Godwin, Watkins, and then Thomas. I think I, I want to stay away from Demarius Thomas this week. I'm not, I don't I, have a good feeling about him. Tomorrow I think night. I would take Demarius over... I would take Demarius over Watkins. So Watkins it. is last for you in that Watkins last five. for me, but Funches is over him. Okay. I'm going to go Emmanuel, Godwin, Funches, Demarius, Watkins. Okay. 
Okay, got it. And number three stat of the game tomorrow night, Christian Kirk is second on the Cardinals with 20% of the team's target share, which is best among the top five rookies. When I say top five rookie wide receivers, I mean the guys who were picked with the first the first five wide receivers yeah. taken in the NFL draft this past year. That is Calvin Ridley, no particular order here. Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, uh, Cortland Sutton, James Washington. Christian Kirk is second now. It sounds like a cool stat, and I was I wanted to throw it out there because it, it does sound like a cool stat, and it's nice that he's been used. You got to keep in mind that Calvin Ridley plays with Julio Jones. DJ Moore is in an offense that is very yeah. primed and he around. He hasn't played that much. No, he and he hasn't played, played that, that much. much. Cortland Sutton is with two you know two veteran wide receivers mm-hmm. that are very experienced, and they're getting all of Case Keenum's attention right now. And James Washington, of course, we know the situation in Pittsburgh with the playmakers that they have in Smith-Schuster and A.B. Um, so it's it's kind of not a surprise that Christian Kirk is you know at the top of his team's target share at this point, especially with Larry Fitzgerald, and he's been banged up. But it's been nice to see he's played well. Yeah. So get this. Mm-hmm. Weeks three through six, okay? Weeks three, four, five, and six— Christian Kirk is the wide receiver number 24 in those weeks altogether, and he's averaging 13.8 points per game. He's had at least 77 yards receiving in three of the past four games, um, and he's had at least five targets in four of the past five games. So the production's been there pretty consistently. He's had a floor. um, So let's make this one quick, Pat, and we'll get out of here for the evening. Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald in this game? Who are you starting? Larry Fitzgerald. Is it that easy? You know... For me, it's not. I, it's really close. I almost want to start Christian Kirk over him. I, re- I can't the, go the, away from The Larry. golden question is, how healthy is Larry Fitzgerald right now? I'd like to see where they're playing if Larry's continuing to play in the slot a lot. Because whoever, whoever, um, whoever's playing in the slot is going to get Chris Harris, and we know how good he is. Um, I think I saw a stat tonight that Christian Kirk has seen 59% of his targets... Is it targets or snaps on the outside this year so far? He might be the guy to play that. You know, like I said, Chris Harris is the guy who plays on the inside, and uh, we know how good he is. And uh, if he's playing against Larry Fitzgerald and a hobble Larry Fitzgerald, I think I would feel more comfortable starting. I, uh, I don't... Uh, would you play... It's a good one. Yeah, that's tough. I know I, it's hard to get away from Fitzy. I just love Fitzy, man. Okay. He's, he's always been a stud for me, and I and he's going to come back. I really do believe that he's going to come back and be a guy that's going to be startable and, and a guy, oh, number two wide receiver by the end of the season. Okay. Let's look at some other guys that are in this range. Christian Kirk or, uh, well, let's start with Chris Godwin, Cleveland. Christian Kirk or Chris Godwin? Godwin. Okay. How about Christian Kirk or, or Austin Eckler home versus the Titans? I'll say Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk or Marlon Mack versus the Bills? Marlon Mack. Christian Kirk or Will Fuller at Jacksonville? Ooh. You know, Will Fuller hasn't played well these past past couple times. I think they've been trying to go to Kiki a little bit more, but I'm going to say I'd rather stick with Will Fuller. Okay, so Fuller, Mack, and Godwin for Pat over Christian Kirk. Fitzy over Kirk. So um, he looks like he's probably staying away from Christian Kirk this he's week. He's a guy to keep watching. But know, he's a guy can... to keep watching. Keep watch. I think out of that group, I would take Godwin. I would take Mac. I'll take Christian Kirk over Austin Eckler, over Will Fuller, and over Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. For me. 
All right, everybody, that's all we have for tonight. Again, we are recording this podcast on Wednesday night, October 18th. It will be available for you tomorrow on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, and of course now Spotify for you to listen, for you to get ready for the Thursday night football game. And of course this week, I am not going to let you down. We are going to do week seven previews for Sunday. We'll have that for you available probably on Friday. So uh, until then, everybody, have a great great rest of your week and um we're in full swing now so hopefully that playoff push is right for you and there for the for the taking all right everybody for pad the stats i'm your host james swanson for pat cotter signing off talk to you later bye-bye good luck